Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. Cosmos Country, welcome back to another episode. On this show, I will review the Cosmos victory over the Rayo OKC. We will also look forward to a very busy week in Cosmos Country. We have a midweek match on Wednesday against the Jersey Express. It's going to be a great match. It's going to be played at Belson Stadium, so we will talk about that in depth. Then we will look forward to the last Cosmos spring season match against the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. That one is very important as well, which we will touch on towards the end of the show with Carter Krishnire. But if the Cosmos win that match, they will secure the spring season championship. Yes, I, I said that. The Cosmos could win the spring season with a victory over the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. All the results went the Cosmos way, which is very exciting. In the beginning of the spring season, the Cosmos were going a bit downhill when we lost the Indy, when we lost the Minnesota, and it felt like we weren't going to win the spring, and we finally have a chance on Saturday. So that should be very exciting for all Cosmos supporters out there. But let's start the show by reviewing uh, the match against the OKC. It was a crazy match of football that I've ever saw before. Uh, going back and forth, uh, it was a crazy match because the Ray OKC got three red cards. They were playing a very dangerous game. Uh, they thought that they should uh, foul the Cosmos uh, and and just play reckless, and that's what they were doing. And Ali Marcina at halftime, the Ray OKC manager, he seemed really upset, but you have to really control your players. You have to control your players to uh, to play a good game and uh, to not foul a lot, to not get booked, to to not get a lot of cards. So I think that's where Rayo OKC fell short: is that they weren't focusing on playing the game; they were focusing on fouling the Cosmos, and that's where the game got a bit reckless. Uh, but talking about like. The Cosmos and how we won the match. Danny Satella scored a goal in the 54th minute, assisted by Sebastian Guinzati. What a hell of a goal by Danny Satella! And uh, talking about how we just lost Michael Hood, Danny Danny Satella gets slotted in for his second match of the spring season. 
he's been looking really good out there. And this is really a good sign because we have a lot of matches coming up. We have the Open Cup match on Wednesday. And then we have uh, the match against the Strikers on Saturday. So Danny Satella is really in form. And that should be really exciting for a lot of supporters. So with the Cosmos win this past weekend, like I said earlier, if the Cosmos beat the Strikers, we can win the spring. And I, I don't know about you guys, but all I know is that that's very exciting because at times it looked like a very down season. It looked like it can't happen, but it finally did because the Cosmos persevered. We worked hard. We sort of never looked at the table and sort of got results. And that's what's very exciting about this team is that we don't care where we are. We're going to work our butts off to get the victory and to get the results. And also, this past weekend, the results went our way as well. We're going to run through the results. Uh, we have the Fort Lauderdale Strikers beating the Fury 2-1. to Indy and Jacksonville, thanks to the Jacksonville Armada, got a draw against Indy 11. And Miami FC, who got their first win of the season. So congrats to Miami FC to beating FC Edmonton, who were in second place before kickoff for the Cosmos. And the Tampa Bay Rowdies beat Minnesota United 2 to nothing. Uh, that was a great performance by the Rowdies. So now everything is in line for the Cosmos. But before we get to that very crucial match, which is the Cosmos versus the Strikers, we have a U.S. Open Cup match, which we're all looking forward to this one, against Jersey Express. And you might be saying to yourself, well, I've heard of the Jersey Express before. Yeah, we play them. We, we've played them before. And we've won as well. So they do play in the PDL. So let's get to know our opponent here. Uh, so far this season, they are... They are in the PDL, but they've scored five goals and four conceded as well. So uh, I feel like the Cosmos can can get through with this one. And maybe the question you might be asking yourself is, are we going to see some squad rotation? Most likely. Uh, so we might not see the likes of maybe Arietta get the start. Maybe we, we may see Lucky potentially get the start up front. That will be very exciting. Uh, Yasmani Duke is playing with Bolivia. He will be out for the whole month uh, in Cup America Centenario. So uh, I would like to see Lucky get the start. And I would like to see players that are not getting first team minutes a, a lot. Say Lucky, uh, maybe David Diosa, get a, a look into the squad. Uh, maybe some players that we saw against Ibar, Cosmos B players, potentially get a start against Jersey Express. I'm not trying to say throw out a weak side because I think if we do that, I think the, uh, the PDL Jersey Express, I think they can sort of look at that and maybe take advantage of us. But I want to see a squad that can get the job done but not really use our key players, the players that uh, will be facing the strikers. So it, it could be tough, but I, I think the Cosmos have the depth to get that done. Uh, and if the Cosmos beat Jersey Express tomorrow, they will face NYCFC. Uh, that date has not been announced yet, but that match will be played at Fordham University in the Bronx. 
So hopefully everyone out there uh, could make it out to Belson Stadium in Queens, New York, on the campus of St. John's University. Uh, the match, if you can't make it, it will it, it, it will be live on One World Sports and on U.S. Soccer's YouTube channel. And also you can follow along on our Twitter account at One Team Pod, and we will live tweet the match. Uh, so I want to know what you guys think. What do you think? Are we going to see some squad rotation? Uh, and what starting eleven would you like to see against? The Jersey Express. Last year, and I remember this like no tomorrow, Haji Wright made his professional debut against the Jersey Express. He won a penalty in the second half. And when I remember that moment and I think back, I say to myself, we could have had him, we could have sort of developed him and he could have been around for a long time in a Cosmos shirt. That was my thought when he won that penalty and how much potential he had. But then after you you hear where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do, then you're like, well, that's not step in his way. And the Cosmos didn't, and he went on to go uh, sign with Schalke. So uh, congrats to Haji Ray for doing that and sort of a, uh, achieving his dream. So... That's what I sort of like about the Cosmos is that we don't really stop a player from growing in his career. And yeah, so Cosmos, Jersey Express, I'm really looking forward to this one. The Cosmos uh, should win this match. Keys to the match is the Cosmos uh, scoring first as always. And there has to be a very tight defense. And n- number three, I really think we're going to see some squad rotation as well just because of the Strikers match. I'm not the type of person that wants to say that this is going to be a very easy match. Not at all. But I think the Cosmos could get the job done, as always. So, let's go Cosmos. That's a beat Jersey Express. And if we do, we're going to face NYCFC with another hell of a match at Fordham University. That will be an NYCFC uh, home match. And I would really can't wait to talk about that match. Talk about how exciting that would be. Uh, and potentially have some listeners on the show as well and talk about how we really want to beat NYCFC and so on. So looking forward to the Strikers and to the Cosmos last weekend of spring season action. The Cosmos and the Strikers have a long, long, long time playing together, have some so much history, but the Strikers have never beaten the Cosmos in the modern era. They struggled last season at MCU Park in the championship semifinals. And I really think, even though the Strikers have a decent side, uh, they've been playing well, they're in good form, I still see the Cosmos getting the three points. If we don't, then I really see the Cosmos uh, being in, in some real danger. Because finally, and for the first time this spring season, our spring season title hopes are in our hands. And in the past, it's always been in, in our hands. We can control our our own destiny. And at some point this season, I didn't think it was going to happen. But now it finally is. And we have to get the job done. We have to win the spring. And we have to secure a spot in the championship. Because when it comes in the fall season... It's very competitive, and I feel if we lock up a spring, 
we can focus more on the Open Cup. I'm not trying to say that we can lose matches in the fall season. No, we still have to compete. But I think we can uh, not put so much into our league matches and throw more into the Open Cup. So that may mean less squad rotation. That might mean uh, starting our key players later on in the U.S. Open Cup and uh, playing some talented players in league action, uh, but players that haven't been giving a lot of first-team minutes. So I think that would be a nice mix if that is possible. So it all starts uh, about playing the Strikers at Lockhart Stadium. Lockhart Stadium is a very historic place as well. And Carrick, who we had on the show, and you will hear him in uh, the next couple of minutes, Carrick said that it is one of the best uh, soccer-specific stadiums, one of the best stadiums in the NASL, which he is not wrong. It's very it's very historic, a nice stadium. And we even touched on the future of the Strikers. Where are they going to go? Are they going to build their own stadium? And so on. So here is the one and only Carrick Krishnire. I'm joined by Kardik Krishnire, the media relations consultant for the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. How are you tonight, Kardik? It's great to be with you, John. How how are you? I'm doing really good. It's a pleasure having you on, as always, Kardik. Uh, let's start talking about the Strikers, who the Cosmos will face this weekend. And as we all know, if the Cosmos win, they will secure the spring championship, which should should make uh, Strikers fans and uh, people within the organization pretty excited. If you guys beat us, then you will sort of play spoiler on us. So can you talk about your your Strikers performance so far this spring season? Yeah, obviously um, it's been kind of a tale of two seasons. The first four games, the Strikers uh, weren't getting the results. Quite frankly, the, the play was subpar in um, a few of the games. A couple couple bad breaks, right? Red cards, but that's that's, that's part of the game. Uh, then the last four games, three of which have been away from home, uh, the team has been very good and have won all three games away from home. It's worth noting the Strikers uh, still have not won a home game this season and have uh, two points at home. Am I, am I correct when I say two? No, two points at home and three uh, nine points away. So um, that's uh, that's kind of uh, an anomaly as far as the NASL when teams are generally better at home. But the Strikers have been better away from home. I think it's because of the way the schedule honestly was was um, formulated with three of the first four matches at home. The team came uh, came very uh, slowly out of the gate. Long, long preseason. We can talk about that in a minute. Long mm-hmm. preseason for the Strikers, which culminated with uh, a trip to China and a number of injuries, not, not necessarily related to the travel, but maybe the amount of games leading into the, uh, into the first game. So um, a lot of injuries. The team now... He's almost completely fit. This is uh, Kyra Zanardi, the head coach, has the kind of uh, lineup he wants out there, and they're playing very well. Played ver- play, have played very well four successive games, won three of them, and the fourth game, which was a draw against Indy, uh, was a draw because John Bush made, I think, six or seven saves in that game. Some of them just a point-blank range. Fantastic saves. Yeah, and you say that the strikers are not, not good at home. You guys haven't won yet at home, and it's going to be a big uh, clash this weekend against the Cosmos. Yeah, the Strikers have never beaten the Cosmos in this uh, modern era, the post-2013 Cosmos and the post-2011 Strikers. And Fort Lauderdale has uh, has a fairly good record against 
uh, every other team in the league at home, with the exception of Tampa Bay. A lot of losses to Tampa Bay going back to 2011. But uh, the, the the Cosmos, uh, the Strikers have two have gotten two draws at home against the Cosmos, no wins, and uh, not even a point away from home. Although there are a lot of people in this part of the world who still uh, are, are unhappy about the way the game ended in, in Brooklyn, yeah. Coney Island last last year with. Uh, uh, Jose Angulo's goal being chalked off, uh, and I know the former Strikers coach still rails about that that uh, missed call uh, in that game. But the, the fact remains, the Strikers have never beaten the Cosmos in uh, since 2013, and have never um, and have not gotten a victory at home. So that's um, that, that that's a big uh, big concern. I mean, one of the things that people talk about is, and I know it's a lot of draws, but Indy 11 have never lost to the Cosmos, right? But the Strikers. Mm-hmm. In this era, I've never beaten the Cosmos. The last time the Strikers actually beat the Cosmos, any Striker team beat any Cosmos team, I was a ball boy in 1983. So that tells you how long it's been since that happened. And that was at Lockhart. That was in June, uh, around the same, maybe around the same weekend. Um, But a long, long time ago, 33 years ago. And I'm hoping it doesn't happen uh, next weekend. Uh, But if it does, well, history is being made, right, Cardick? Yeah, it would be definitely history for the Strikers, and it would be uh, a, a very uh, a very credible win. I think uh, what we've seen in the last few years since 2013 is that the the biggest crowds of the season for the Strikers tend to be games against the Cosmos and the Rowdies. And as I said, uh, Strikers have a bad home record against both those teams. And it was the only two teams in the league the Strikers have a bad home record against. But those are the two teams where there uh, there's some sense of rivalry. There's some brand recognition of those clubs. Attendance spikes whenever Strikers play the, the, the Cosmos of the Rowdies. And um, you know, generally, when you have uh, when you have a good crowd, you want to win a game or at least show well. And uh, all too often, it hasn't happened. The last meeting here last season. Fort Lauderdale had a 3-0 lead, and New York came back, got three goals, and were maybe unlucky not to have that fourth goal in extra time. So yeah. in, in, in Southampton, so um, there's a lot, a lot to live up for, to for the strikers, and really hoping for a result against the Cosmos. And I think even from a psychological standpoint, draws as long as you're not blowing three goal leads to get to the draw um, is a good result for the strikers. So can you tell to our listeners a strikers player that they should watch out for? Yeah, I, I'm, obviously Mike Consantos has been scoring goals, uh, and Nana Decora has had a, a really good run at right back. But I think a player that a lot of people haven't talked about this season but has made a uh, tremendous impact is Galea Busmande, uh, who, of course, was with the Rowdies last season, actually started his career with this, this team when they were Miami FC in 2009 and then moved around to Europe couple clubs in Europe, came back uh, to the Red Hawks, then was in MLS with Toronto, uh, then back to Tampa Bay, got cut before the end of the season last year, Tampa Bay, some uh, reported dispute with the owner, with Bill Edwards, and uh, now has played every minute this season for the Strikers and has, has been just fantastic uh, in keeping that back line organized. And, and uh, He hasn't gotten necessarily the audits that some other guys on the team have, but then again, um, as Hunter Friedman and Carlos Mendez and some of your defenders can attest to, defenders never get the credit that attackers do, do they? Yeah, they never do, for sure. Uh, I always hate on them as well, uh, but they are really underrated uh, from the supporters. So uh, can we get a score prediction from you, Kardik? This is a big match. I know you want your strikers to win, uh, but how do you see it playing out? Yeah, I, I the, the thing that... Um, 
and I, I haven't gotten to see the Cosmos game against Ryo yet, but I've seen most of the Cosmos games this season. I'm not sure how the team is without LaHood, and that's uh, I, I don't want to get into how that happened and how he ended up on Miami. Yeah. Um, but you know that not having that holding midfield presence, and of course having the injury to Nico Cranchar, I think opens the door for the strikers to where the strikers could win this game. Um, the safest personal line, though, to predict is a draw, because I still really like uh, the way the Cosmos um, organize themselves. I think Geo has the team so well um, drilled as far as their shape at the back that even if the other team has a lot of the ball, a lot of possession, um, you don't get that many chances against New York. One exception would be the Edmonton game. I think uh, yeah. the second half of the Edmonton game was about as bad as I've seen the Cosmos play in the last uh, – uh, you know, there were some moments in last fall, but uh, really the, the worst I've seen them play since the uh, the fall of 2014. Uh, but but then came back the following week and, and uh, uh, got a big result against Tampa Bay. So um, I think that might have just been a one-off that Edmonton game. I, th- I think the safest score result was a draw. Of course, I'm hoping the strikers win. Yeah. Uh, talking about the Cosmos in that sense, it's cool how they can lose a game, have a bad performance, and somehow come back and say what win the match like against the Rowdies or they had a two game losing streak and they came back and fixed that out. Uh so uh Cardick, let's talk about the attendance at the Strikers matches. You touched on it and said that the home team, like when the Strikers play at home, they sort of need a great home presence. Have they been getting that so far this season? Well no, obviously uh, uh three draws at home and, and a loss to Tampa Bay, which is a um you know, from my own personal standpoint, I, I, I would trade uh, three losses for winning Tampa Bay, but that's just me personally. I know the the NASL table is more important than overall results, but I, 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 I'm much more motivated by beating Tampa Bay than just about anything else. Yeah. Uh, but three losses, uh, three draws at home, one loss, uh, whereas the um, away from home, it's three wins and one loss. Uh, the um, attendance, I think everyone would admit, it has not been good enough. It hasn't been as good as we had hoped. Uh, one thing I do want to point out about the attendance, though, is that um, for better or for worse, we talked about comparing with other teams in NASL and MLS and USL and whatever leagues, the strikers are, are limiting comps this season and are not, um, are not fluffing numbers. So the number you're getting, the number that's being reported is a turnstile account. And in fact, there are tickets distributed that aren't counted in that total. Um, some people have questioned the wisdom of that, but that's the way we're doing things. So um, I don't know that it's necessarily fair to compare the strikers' uh, attendance to some of the other teams in NASL because if you if you do the eye test, which I think a lot of people do when they watch games, um, Lockhart doesn't look any emptier than some of the other venues uh, in NASL or USL. But um, the attendance is you know, the, the attendance that's been reported is the attendance that's been reported and. Um, we're hoping to improve on that, and, and having the Cosmos in town certainly uh, helps with that. So you said that you guys need to improve. Of course, every team needs to improve their attendance, but how do you think the strikers go about that? Well, I think I think one of the things that's happened, um, to be quite, quite honest with you, is that um, for years, tickets were, were given away, and the value of the ticket was zero. And so I think ascribing some degree of value to the ticket, which is now what is being done. Like I, as I said, there are very few comps. Comps are being limited. Very few um, tickets that are that are just being given away. Um, 
that's that's the start. Obviously, having a compelling pro- product on the field and having uh, building local interest, which is happening. It, it, it's a process, right? It doesn't just you don't just snap your fingers and it happens. Um, quite honestly, there there are a lot of people who uh, have gone to games in the past and haven't necessarily had the best experiences. So the club is working on winning those people back, and that goes through. Um, we're in year six of this now. Um, there, I know there are a lot of fans of, of NASL teams who are newer teams that have been around for a year or two or three years that don't know what it's like once you go through ownership changes and uh, you know rebranding. So remember, this was the team with Miami FC before, so if you count yeah. that that period of time, we're in year eleven, um, and just some of the challenges if people have a bad experience or um, there are so- local soccer politics. So all of that stuff is is being worked on and being fixed uh, as we speak, and then. You know, there's the other other issue is, of course, there is another local team yeah. in the same league, and they charge um, they charge less for tickets and they give tickets away. So that's something that uh, that involves competition. Now, of course, there are people who are closer to, to to Lockhart Stadium who are going to Strikers games, and people who are closer to FIU that are um, at least should be going to Miami FC games. There is a lot of crossover. The, the, the places are not that far from each other, especially on the weekends. And uh, there were fans that last season were at Lockhart and have been at Lockhart every season that are now, um, that are now going to Miami FC games. And that's just the, the reality of uh, a second team in the same market. And I'm sure this is something that uh, uh, other teams have experienced. Red Bull must have experienced it last year when New York City FC started, where they had fans who had been, Red Bull fans that became New York City FC fans. I can't imagine that, but yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure that happened with some people. You would think if they supported Red Bull for 20 years, if the Metro Stars Red Bulls for 20 years, they would stick with that team. But there were people who switched, switched, and uh, it's happened here as well. So, can we see maybe a ground move uh, come maybe next season? Yeah, it's very possible. I know um, it's been speculated about, um, and I. I, what, what I can say, I mean, obviously, there's only so much I can say working with the team, but um, if we don't get the sort of concession, Flockhart is a, a 1959, so what are, we were almost 60 years old, that stadium. And um, the last major renovation of the stadium took place when MLS put a team in, in the stadium in 1998. Mm-hmm. So late 1997, early 1998, the stadium was renovated, you know, made into really kind of this very nice soccer-specific stadium for the time, but it since MLS uh, closed shop with the Miami Fusion that at the end of the 2001 season and contracted, the place hasn't been renovated properly. The city now controls the facility. It was controlled to, at the time um, by the FAA after the Fusion left, or by the school district um, controlled the facility on a lease from the FAA. Before the school district, it was uh, the Miami Fusion or, or Major League Soccer. Um, the city has to uh, has to make certain renovations to the facility for it to be, um, how do I say, you know, appealing for fans. I think part one of the issues with with fans and with attendance is, even though it's a it's a stadium where George Best played and Gerd Mueller played and played against Pele, played against Rodney Marsh, to to hardcore soccer fans that makes a big difference, but to families. And newer fans, younger fans who come out to the facility, what they see is a facility which has uh, antiquated uh, amenities. You know, the concessions are very poor. The bathrooms um, aren't the cleanest. 
there are leaks sometimes in the bathrooms. So um, if the city doesn't um, doesn't work with the club, and the club is the club's preference is to stay at Lockhart, but if the city can't make the sort of changes to the facility to, to make it a comparable facility to what um, other teams at this level uh, play in. Now, no, no one is saying we need to be in a facility like Red Bull Arena or Sporting Kansas mm-hmm. City Park. I mean, that's unrealistic, right? Yeah. But to at least have a facility that's um, comparable to, let's say, where Jacksonville's playing or where Miami FC is playing uh, in terms of uh, the amenities in the stadium. We're not talking about the pitch itself because the Lockhart Stadium pitch is, is one of the best if not the best in, in NASL. Um, if we can't get that, then uh, the, the club has, is going to strongly consider moving and the um, the potential relocation, the site of the relocation would be Central Broward Regional Park, which uh, is um, about four or five miles down the road. Uh, it was a stadium built for cricket to try and lure the Cricket World Cup, and that didn't happen. And it's a facility right now that the strikers use for training. Uh, a, P, a PDL team uh, uses it as their home ground. Uh, there have been NPSL matches there. There have actually been uh, MLS preseason matches there. The MLS Combine actually has been there the last few mm-hmm. years. I should mention that too. So there's been plenty of soccer at the facility. There will be, if the strikers opt to move there, uh, significant renovation to the sight lines and to uh, the stands because – Obviously, it is a stadium designed for cricket, and we've already heard complaints of people who have gone to the MLS Combine, who've gone to PDL games there, what have you, that, well, it's not really a good stadium to watch soccer in. If the strikers do move from Lockhart, the stadium will look different. Um, I'm not saying it'll be like a soccer-specific stadium, but it will look, um, some of the renovations you've seen at Al Lang for the Rowdies, Mm -hmm. at Community First for... uh, for the Armada and down in Bayamon for the Puerto Rico Islanders, now Puerto Rico FC, those sorts of kind of uh, changes to sight lines, uh, angles uh, of the seats, that sort of thing uh, are being taken into account. So, um, yeah, the rumors are out there, and I figured I would address them, that there is a possibility. Uh, The preference, of course, for the organization would be to stay at Lockhart, but um, there is a very – there's a strong possibility uh, I, I wouldn't put it uh, over 50-50 right now, but there is a possibility that the team will move. So, Karik, last thing we'll talk about here. Uh, there were some talks, say, last season, uh, maybe during the off season, about a potential new stadium being built. I, I don't know if those conversations are being stopped. Uh, I don't know where they started, but can you touch on that? Yeah, that, that that's ongoing, too. Um a couple of years ago, uh, under prior ownership, under traffic sports ownership, uh, there was a possibility of building a stadium in Hallandale, which is about halfway between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Um, that uh, and that was at uh, Gulfstream Park at a race park, uh, racetrack. No, that has stopped, but there continues to be um, conversations and uh, potential to move uh, to, to build a long-term facility. Somewhere in the Fort Lauderdale area, uh, there's been talk of in the city of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, a few years ago, we looked all the way west. Um, right now, that's ongoing, but that's long-term. Short-term, a decision has to be made about uh, Lockhart. If, if we get the renovations we want at Lockhart, then um, the, the long-term stadium solution, uh, another venue, can be, uh, can be put off a little longer. If we don't, that has to be intensified and 
there's the potential of relocating, as I mentioned uh, in, in reference to your last question, to Central Broward Regional Park. So that's still on the table, uh, but unfortunately events have, have moved so quickly, have kind of conspired to uh, put the team in a position where um, they're going to have to make a decision about facility for 2017 before we can make a decision about whether we, we can get land and, and acquire land and, and build a, a small stadium. And I think uh, you can relate to this in New York because the Cosmos have had trouble with Belmont. Yeah. New York City FC has had trouble. Um, everybody around the country sees the kind of trouble David Beckham's having in Miami, mm-hmm. getting land for a stadium. Um, that's unfortunately South Florida. And much like the New York area, it, it's very difficult to find that land. Some places it's easier. Orlando somehow found the land and it's building a stadium for, for MLS. I, I had thought Orlando would be in the same position as New York FC. They would be in a, um, the, uh, a multi-purpose stadium, in their case, a Citrus Bowl, for years in MLS. As it turns out, they'll be out of that stadium at the end of this season. So in some places you can find land, but both the New York area and um, South Florida areas where you, we, we've had build-out. There's very little open land. So there are some possibilities for the strikers, but uh, right now the focus is on uh, figuring out 2017 and the stadium for 2017. Yeah, last question here, Kardik, on the stadium. Uh, there was talks about a water park as well. Uh, I don't know if those conversations ended. Um, no, actually, that I should have mentioned that. That has um, a lot to do with the decisions for the strikers. So mm-hmm. the water park exclusive negotiating period where they have to come up with a check and go forward uh, with the city for that for that land or not is July 2nd, is the end of that period. July 2nd, coming up down a little over a month. So uh, on July 2nd, they will either pay their deposit, sign the deal, and then who knows? You know, it might be a situation where they want to get, they want to start construction within a couple months and we have to get out. Or the deal will fall through and then we have more leverage with the city to talk about uh, long-term possibilities for renovation of that facility of Lockhart and of the adjoining area, making it into a uh, a, a soccer facility and, and an academy. Because mm-hmm. the Strikers have an NPSL team like the Cosmos. The Strikers have a U19 team. We have a uh, a vertical pyramid we're building with youth teams up from the U7 level all the way up to U18. So um, it'd be nice to have a place to house all these things. And the Lockhart area would be perfect, but uh, that's only if the water park thing is resolved. And if the water park is built, there is a possibility we could still uh, work with them and use the stadium and maybe have a couple soccer fields there. But um, that is something that we will know by July 2nd. And, I, and that's part of the reason why um, the uh, possibility of Central Broward Regional Park is on the table, because it is possible that we will have to make some sort of uh, – um, adjustment to um, to our uh, our venue and where we play in, in the period of time that um, the, that Lockhart is being renovated. So that's another possibility. Thanks, Kardec, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And best of luck with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Hopefully you guys can find a, a nice place where you can call home and uh, grow your brand and, and uh, have a lot of supporters at the stadium. Great. Thank you so much. Like Kardec said... The Strikers and the Cosmos are sort of in the same position. There's no land really to build a stadium on both ends, and it's sort of hard to get that land and for that to become available 
And I really hope the Strikers do get a long-term home. That's important for every club in this league. They need a place where they can call a home, where they can grow their brand. And I think we don't really look at this so much as supporters. We don't look at how important a stadium is. And me personally, especially for the Cosmos, I really didn't see how important a stadium was until a year ago, until I sort of looked at the business side of the club. And like I said, as supporters, you don't look at this side. You just look at on the pitch, how are they playing, how does the table look, um, who are we getting, Who's who are we selling, who are we buying. That's all supporters look at. But I'm asking all supporters out there to actually look at the business side and see what's going on on that end. Because if you own a club or if you run a soccer club, especially the New York Cosmos, a big brand, a big club, that people around the world look at this Cosmos brand as the biggest club in North America, playing in Hofstra it is holding the club back. It really, really is. Other people might say, oh, okay, we're going to be here for a couple of years. Hopefully we build a stadium and so on. That's the hope. That's the dream, right? But it's holding us back because we didn't expect to be at Hofstra for so long. And the Cosmos have big ambitions, and I really do love that. They want to host friendlies. They want to do other things. They want to maybe do other partnerships or do things with other clubs throughout the world. And you can't do that when you're restricted within Hofstra University Short Stadium. The pitch is not the best, but the players have been so professional that they've never looked down on the facility. They haven't said bad things about Hofstra. They haven't said bad things about Short Stadium. Nor could they because they're getting paid. They are professionals to get used to every environment that they're playing in. But going back to the brand aspect, going back to the stadium, I really hope that the Strikers do get a stadium. And I really hope that we all are succeeding in the future because that's what's great about this league is that we're free to do whatever we want. And I hope we can go to Fort Lauderdale, play in their own stadium that they own, that they can do whatever they want in it. The Cosmos potentially could have their own stadium. I know a lot of supporters are getting together, are having petitions. Like you heard, Caesar was on the show. Uh, He says that you can go to the tailgate, the five-point tailgate, and sign a petition. So... It just goes to show you how many people really want a stadium and how important it is for a soccer club, especially the New York Cosmos, and we truly do need a stadium. Uh, So moving on with our questions from the listeners, and as always, as you all know, you can send in your questions at one team pod on Twitter using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. So our first question and only question today comes from... Comes from at USA underscore SC underscore fan. He says, should the injuries be a cause for emergency signings? Uh, winning one nothing versus 8-man is really disappointing, but a win is a win. Yeah, so first out, should the Cosmos uh, sign any emergency signings because of the injuries? Uh, 
So who's out injured is Nico Kronjar. Arietta is not injured. He's out. I mean, not Arietta. Duke is out because he's on uh, his international duty. So those are the, all the injuries I know of at the moment. Should we sign any players? I'm not pretty sure on that front. But do I personally see players getting signed in between the break? I personally do. It just matters of who stays around and who doesn't. Nico Kronjar, and that's the player that I'm looking at right now. Gio says that he's out for four to six weeks. And if you think of that, he's out for a long time. But the cool part about this the split season is that he really is not going to miss league matches. He's only going to miss uh, open cup matches, which, again, are very important. But... The important part for Nico is, is he going to stay around? Is he going to be a Cosmo? And this is a lot of unknowns. And I, I really mean the top people in the UK, in this country, don't know what is going on with this situation either. So I'm not going to go into the Nico Kronjar Cosmos uh, conversation but I want to see him stay around. He likes New York. Maybe he will stay around. But I don't know. But I think if he does go to Rangers FC, I think there is a huge hole for the New York Cosmos to go out there and buy a proven talent. Who could that be? I'm not really sure who is available. Who can the Cosmos go out there and potentially do it in Miami FC and go out there and buy a player? by a proven talent, maybe in MLS, maybe across the world. So I don't think we're going to see any emergency signings, any signings because of fear, because of we don't have enough players. Um, and again, a, a, win, a win is a win. It doesn't matter who you're playing against, uh, what league they're playing in. If the Cosmos beat a PDL side, Jersey Express, tomorrow, you're not going to say it was an easy win because we played a PDL side. No. We got drawn to play them. They want to beat the Cosmos, of course, because they want to go go further in the, in the Open Cup. And the Cosmos want to win because you want to go as far as we can go. We do. And we're going to have a little bit of Open Cup chat at the moment and then... Uh, we will close out the show. So talking about the Open Cup and the ambitions for the Cosmos are very important. And we reach high. We we try to aim as high as we could to win the whole thing. And we always fall short. And it's sad to say, but we always do. And I'm going to try to look forward and say, I think this is going to be the year that we're going to go really far. And you might be saying to yourself, John, what do you say? Maybe this year is not our year. But every year, the Cosmos put 120% into the Open Cup. They do. And when they lose, you can really see how much it hurts them. Hurts them into their league form. So when they lose, you can see in the in the league action, you can see 
how much they struggle, how much they're mad because they lost a very important match. Uh, the coaching staff, the front office, they put so much into the Open Cup that the whole organization hurts. And that's what's really cool about this club is that we really want to win this tournament and we put all our marbles into it. And this year, it's no different than that. We have so much depth. We have this for the first time in the modern era. We haven't had this type of squad before. So this let's use this squad to our advantage. And let's push forward. We have Jersey Express and NYCFC and potentially an MLS side as well. We faced the Red Bulls last year and we lost at Rebel Arena. That's not remember that, but we could remember that and look at that and say, well, let's fix that and not lose in that round. Let's go forward and face more MLS sides. That means that we're closer to win the title. We, we really want to play in the CONCACAF Champions League. Imagine the Cosmos playing in the Champions League next season. Imagine that. That would really, really grow the Cosmos brand massively in this region, throughout the world. And if you're a supporter right now thinking that this is possible and that the Cosmos could, could potentially win the, the championship could win the Open Cup title, just think of what kind of players we would be linked to. Just think of what type of players we would be able to get because we're competing in the Champions League. Just think about how big of a team we're going to need. We're not going to be playing in two tournaments. We're going to be playing in three. So that's going to be very difficult for the Cosmos. But if you want to grow as a team, we're going to need everything possible we're going to need to win as many trophies as we could and hopefully everything comes into place um our stadium like we talked about er earlier on the show and the cosmos are a big brand and we need to live up to it and we need to win titles and uh do great as an organization so uh thank you everyone for tuning in i know this episode got a really different but I think it's a well-purposed show because we talked about sort of the future and really where we see the club going forward because the Open Cup and, and these tournaments are the fate of where the Cosmos could go where we could reach as a club and if we don't win these tournaments or, or if we don't go as far as we could then we can't reach these new heights as a club. And that's something that I don't think a lot of supporters actually understand. Winning the Open Cup is one thing. But winning the Open Cup, going to the Champions League, that's another thing to reach another level as this big club. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. My name is John Frashante. Uh You are listening to the First Team Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at One Team Pod. Like us on Facebook at The First Team Podcast. Also, add us on Snapchat as well. It is our logo or, yeah, our picture, avatar, whatever you want to call it, on Twitter. And you can check out our contest that we were having with Vintage Pitch. And if you want to enter this contest, just go on our Twitter at One Scene Pod. If you want to win a shirt from Vintage Pitch, follow them on Twitter and 
Instagram at Vintage Pitch and retweet the tweet that is pinned to our profile and you will be entered to win a shirt from a very new apparel company called Vintage Pitch. So follow them, Instagram, Twitter, check them out and I will see you guys hopefully tomorrow at Belson Stadium. It's going to be a hell of a match and get your tickets as soon as they last as always uh and thank you everyone for tuning in check out our new website firstteampod.com and we will talk again real soon yeah just want to give a shout out to the five points the borough boys of Ben del cosmos and the cross island yeah. crew uh yeah it's new york street and white what we bleed you see and fight indeed it seems to be achieving see we do and did it right cosmic country loving we above them i'm just saying all those lovely sums come and see it in our playing the fact of this rap from skid attacks hash and bliss reacts tap and we win so fast racking them in whether it's stack the wing going back to the through the mid cutting the seams it seems we see anything to be we got a ball and a dream got a ball and a dream we do i'm new it's true fancy crew down for you no doubt they do surrounding you about the views like shouting cues allowed to hear without the dudes i'm with crews i'm tracking that's no excuse each session the lesson it's not about perfection the work's the test and f's connected like a method not breathless out the training something's gotta be corrected rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested infected with greatness potential is spacious out the world just face it the work becomes contagious some may say we made it but now we've just begun sorry if you hate it because i can tell you that i'm far from done